Good morning, Resurrection Sunday. Welcome to an episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you in the office. It's Sunday morning. It's Resurrection. It's Easter. What an entirely exciting time that we're living in right now. Uh, we keep talking about that. We understand that there's so many things going on uh, that leads us to believe that we are living in these end days. So this time frame that Jesus had talked about is coming quickly. I really believe that, and and you know I've I've never really I've never really done themed uh, ministry like I, I I mean if I have a message that God puts on my heart for Mother's Day that's about mothers cool uh, Christmas Easter so I've never really thought about the theme I've just I've just delivered whatever God put on my heart for that particular time frame but he he definitely has messed with me this week over Passion Week. Uh, Holy Week, as it's called, and and so I've done some study on it. I've I've spent some time there this week. I've pr- done some messages concerning it, especially beginning Thursday. Thursday is is probably my my favorite part of the week, um, just because of what transpires. Jesus having the Last Supper with his disciples and washing their feet and doing so many things and feeding and talking about the communions and all the time that he spent with his disciples has culminated on Thursday night because it's the last time he's going to break bread with them. So so it's a, it's a very unique time. Uh, then the time afterwards in the Garden of Gethsemane probably culminates my favorite uh, where Jesus becomes the most human that we see throughout the Bible when he literally asks his father, if this cup could but pass from me. Uh, there, there's a lot involved in that. I've talked about the cup. I've talked about what the reference to that question really is. Jesus simply saying, but not my will, but yours be done, God. Today, I want to take us, we, we, we've uh, we, we've been through Monday, Thursday. We, we went through Good Friday, which um, sometimes it's hard to understand why we call it Good Friday, simply because that's the day that Jesus was paraded up the hill to Golgotha and nailed to the cross and uh, passed away that day and died and was put in a tomb in his physical body, but his spirit wasn't with him. His spirit was already doing things, already at work. We talk about Silent Saturday. Um, Ron and I were watching the end of a little movie last night of some kind, and and it was per, kind of a little depiction of, of what was happening on the day of crucifixion and afterwards. And you, the realization of, can you imagine what it was like for his followers? For those that were closest to him, he had been trying to get them to understand, this is where we're going. This is what has to happen. But But in our human flesh, comprehending what he's saying just isn't really making sense. So we actually watch him be brutalized, hung on a cross until he was dead. And that dead body taking down off of that cross, placed in a tomb, in a rock hole, hewn out in the rock, covered in grave clothes, and a big stone rolled in front of the door. And eventually guards placed there. What would you, what would you think in your mind? Everything that you've been doing for the last three years is gone. The, the man you've been following, the miraculous signs you've seen, the, the teaching that's being done, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. It's no longer with us. And really, we don't have a perception of being raised again. I mean, we saw Jesus do it with Lazarus, but Jesus is the one that's dead now. You know, so 
who's going to call him out of the grave? So there has to be so many things. I'm sure there was fear. Uh, There was questions. There was doubt. There was confusion. All of these things about Jesus' followers. And then to find Sunday morning. Sunday morning when Mary gets to the tomb and realizes he's not there. He's not there. That's where I want to pick us up today. Resurrection Sunday. You can call it Easter if you like. Resurrection Sunday is what this represents today. We, we've discussed all this Passion Week, Holy Week, beginning with Palm Sunday, which was actually a week ago. The triumphant entry, the waving of the palm branches, the hail to the king. And remember, these people were hailing him king just a week ago. And, and, and so... As the week progressed, Monday, Thursday, again, being my favorite, concluding the arrest of Jesus, the brutal journey into and through Friday, ending with his body being placed in the tomb Friday evening. Saturday was seemingly quiet. It was the Sabbath. His followers, bewildered, scared, maybe unsure of their next move, likely still in shock of the last couple of days that they've just endured. But Sunday's coming. I found it very interesting as I studied this out for today's message, just how different the Gospels record this day. Uh, I want to highlight the first three Gospels and then then really dig into John's description uh, from his perspective. And and when you look at the Gospels, Ron and I talk about this a lot, um, you have to understand because everybody's like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's similar, but it's different. You're exactly right. So if you and I were sitting together and we witnessed something, a big event, your description of it may be very different than mine because of how you perceived it versus how I perceive it. I may see things you didn't see. You may see things I didn't see. So so keep that in mind. When you look at the Gospels, you're looking at the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as, as being four individuals looking at things in a different perspective. But you also, Rhonda points this out a lot. I love this. You also have to understand the audience that they are speaking to or that they're writing to. Because each one comes from a different place in life. Each one, each one has their own sphere of influence, so they speak differently than the others. It's perspective and it's audience. It's, it's who it's being spoken to. You have to realize that throughout the Bible. It helps me uh, really understand sometimes what the scriptures are saying when you look at you know who's the author, uh, who's his audience, and what's the purpose of, be, of what's being spoken. So with that, I want to share with you just, just a couple of little things out of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then we're going to dig into John. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 through 6 says this. Now, I went to the Christian Standard Bible um, for, for the, the clarity of the wordage. Uh, mainly. I, I usually use the Amplified, but but the CSB uh, speaks things the way I wanted them to be spoken today. Uh, so you can look at this in different versions, and it, it may read slightly different. But Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 through 6 is, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb, and he rolled back the stone and, and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken with fear of, of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, Do not be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen just as he said. 
come and see the place where he lay. So there's Matthew's description of, of things taking place. I, we, Ron and I were listening to, to a message yesterday, and uh, the, the pastor, actually I think it was Stephen Furtick, was talking about Mary Magdalene. Now, I, I'd have to study this. I'm just going to plant this thought in your mind. I, I, haven't, I haven't dug into the scriptures. Don't really understand um, how he came to this conclusion. I, I've never really seen it this way, but I want to explain to you. Mary Magdalene, as he, as he pointed out, was possibly uh, a wealthy person who uh, gave into Jesus' ministry, supported Jesus' ministry with his disciples. Uh, he actually delivered her of seven demons, if you look at the story. So, so she's, in essence, beholding to Jesus. So she becomes a follower of Jesus when she's been delivered from these demons. But it is possible that she was pr- possibly a very wealthy person who actually helped contribute to the ministry that was going on during that time. So she became very close. That's why she was there at the crucifixion and at the tomb. Well, let's look at Mark's version. Mark chapter 16, verse 1 through 6 says this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they could go and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb for us? Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they put him. So again, different perspective, different look. We went from an angel sitting on the stone to now this angel sitting in the tomb on the bed, on, on on the body bed. So now if you look at Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 9, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, Suddenly, two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? I love that statement. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the men. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, It is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day? And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to all of the rest who were gathered. Wow. Now, so that takes us through Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Again, a little bit slightly different perspectives. I'd encourage you to go read those. As Rhonda and I were watching this little movie last night, you know, movies don't always follow the script, right? I mean, you know, not the real script. They've had to enhance things a little bit for theatrical performance. So I was constantly picking out things or or speaking the actual scripture that it says at that very moment in the movie because I've spent so much time studying this out for this message. So I found that really kind of fun. We're going to go to John. John chapter 20, and I'm going to take you through John's perspective, how he saw the events taking place. So on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark, she saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. 
So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciples, and one, uh, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. At that, Peter and the other disciples went out, heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter. You know, I often describe myself as a Peter, you know, the knucklehead. I love Peter. I love his, uh, his character. Well, this would probably be me as well. Someone outran me to the tomb. So the other disciple outran Peter, and he got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. The follow, then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there. Very important part here. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen clothing, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. Now, why is this important? I've shared with you a Jewish tradition. So in, in the king's house, in the master's house, the servants as they would prepare and serve the meal. When the master was, uh, if he was finished with his meal, if he had done everything he was going to do, if he had eaten everything he was going to eat, he was done, he was going to retire to his recliner in the living room and flip on the TV, here's something that would happen. He would take his napkin, his towel, and he would wipe himself, wipe his hands, and then he would simply toss it down, maybe over his plate, maybe to the side of his plate, but it would be just crumpled up and tossed down. It, it indicated, I'm finished. I'm not coming back. I'm done. Now, very important aspect of what we just read, according to Jewish tradition. The Jewish will understand this. If the master was not finished, maybe he just has to go to the bathroom. Maybe the phone rang. Maybe someone knocked on the door, whatever it might have been that, that disturbed his meal. If he was not finished, if he planned on coming back to the table, he would neatly fold his napkin, lay it to the side. It basically indicated to the servant, don't touch my plate, boy, I ain't done. Okay. Now, I've been to fancy restaurants. I've, I've been, I know I don't really look that fancy, but I have been in some fancy things to where you got a servant basically sitting over your shoulder, and the minute your fork touches that last piece of food, they're sliding in there taking your plate from you. I'm like, back up, Jack. I'll stab you with my fork. And that's kind of what this means. When that napkin is folded neatly, now notice what it said. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen clothing, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. To Jews, Jewish tradition that would tell them Jesus was sending a message here. All of the other bed, all of the other body wrapping that was on him, the, the, the grave clothing, was cast aside. Okay? I'm done with that part. But the napkin was folded neatly. And what that told anyone who understood the meaning, I'm not done here. I'm coming back. Ooh, that ought to excite somebody. It excites me. He's coming back. Do you understand the significance of what's being spoken right here in this passage of Scripture? He's coming back. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first then also went in, saw, and believed. For they did not yet understand the Scripture that he must rise from the dead. They didn't have an understanding of what was going on. But then now the body's gone. Now they see the things they see inside the tomb. Now we're getting an understanding and we're going back in our memory thinking, Oh, I remember what he said about this. And it's true. It's happened. 
Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, and one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, Why are you crying? Who is it that you are seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will come and take him away. Then Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Don't cling to me, since I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. I love, I love this, the way he describes this here. Jesus is simply saying, Don't hold on to me here. I, I've, I've not yet gotten where I need to be. Don't, don't keep me on this ground. I love how it describes when he said her name, she recognized that voice. She then knew who that truly was. I'm going to your father and and my God, and I'm going to my father, and, and I'm going to your God. What a cool perspective. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what she had, what he had said to her. When it was evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. Now keep in mind, there's a lot of fear. People are looking for him because they were followers of Jesus Christ. Now Jesus is missing. You know, now we've got a manhunt going on and we're, and we're trying to figure these all out. So Jesus, I love this, they're locked behind locked doors, okay? They're in a room. They're scared. They ain't let nobody in. Doors are locked. Windows are pulled shut. Jesus came and stood among them. He may have been in his physical body still, but it was spiritual. His spirit had left his physical form. It returned to his physical form on Sunday morning, raised that body out of that grave, and now he's walking through walls. He's appearing to men. Peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side, so the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And, and, and again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also am sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you this morning, during this Easter season, during this Resurrection Sunday, Jesus is breathing on any who will accept it. Jesus is breathing out his Holy Spirit. Take what he has to offer this morning. Let him breathe on you and your life will never be the same again. He says this after breathing on them to receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, oh, but Thomas, remember doubting Thomas? One of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the marks of the nails on his hands, put my finger in the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I'll never believe. Doubting Thomas. A week later, okay, now we're, we're still, we're, we know where we are today. This is Resurrection Sunday, the tomb's empty. Things are going on throughout this day. A week later, his disciples were indoors again. Thomas was with them this time. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Again, he come through the wall and he said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. 
Look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's us. Blessed are we who have not yet seen him, yet we believe. Let him breathe his Holy Spirit over you today. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Simple scripture, John three sixteen. For whosoever believes on me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Very interesting. You hear me say this a lot about John 3.16. That word believes in every version you'll look at is plural. Simply meaning the word believes doesn't even exist in the Hebrew Greek language. Uh, it calls it a process, a process word, an ongoing event. It's not a one and done thing. Jesus said, for those who believes, whoever believes, whoever continues, whoever continues on the process, it's an, whoever on goes through the event, endures till the end with their faith intact, they shall sit with me in my kingdom. Ooh, what a message. Let Jesus breathe his Holy Spirit into you today. It's Resurrection Sunday. He's no longer in the grave. Why are you looking for the dead among the living? He's not here. He's alive. He's alive forevermore. My, my sins have been forgiven. He's prepared for us a place in heaven. Amen. Wow, what a deal. I, I pray that you find yourself in a, in a fire-breathing, spirit-filled atmosphere this morning. May the Holy Ghost descend upon wherever you sit today, whether it be at a dinner table, whether it be with family, whether it be in a church service, a worship service, wherever you might be, maybe in your car, let the Holy Spirit set upon you today in such a way that it ignites a wildfire in you that cannot be put out. Amen. Father, I ask right now that you touch every heart that's listening to this message or who will hear this message today. Every heart who are preparing to go to church today. Every heart who winds up in church today. Even those who don't. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit descend upon them, breathe upon them. Father, that you fill them to the place of overflowing, that everything about their life begins to affect those around them, but it changes them forever. God, change all of us forever, that from this moment forward, we won't be who we used to be, but we're going to be who you're calling us to be. Every step we take, Father. God, I ask you to just continue your outpouring of your holy presence on your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Easter. God bless you. Rhonda and I love you. We thank you for your support. We thank you for following our podcast. Thank you for, for walking with us on this journey. We're still going. We're still walking. If you want to be a partner with us, all of our giving links, it's easy to do. Right to our website, pinned right to the top of this Facebook page in that storyline. All the giving links are, are available to you. There's addresses. There's ways to contact us. We would love to, to, to be in partnership with you on this journey, financially supporting this ministry. More than anything, we covet your prayer. Please continue to pray over us, pray for us, pray with us as we seek out that which is lost so that it may be found. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a beautiful Easter Sunday. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.